Good evening, good evening, good evening. It's been a long time since I've said that. Welcome to another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. We have a fourth member joining us this evening. He's not a stranger to these podcasts. He's been on before. <laughs> Charles Bishop, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing um, well. I guess that was okay yeah. to introduce you first okay. rather than my compadre. compadres. So p- forgive me, Wildcat and Doc. Wildcat, how you doing, sir? I'm doing all right today. Doc? I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. It's good to be back in Houston. Mr. Traveling Man, making trips and moves and connections and networking throughout the, the universe. What was your last most recent excursion? Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island with the NCA Inclusion Forum. I was going to ask you, how did that go? It was nice. It went well. I learned a lot. Uh, presented a presentation on the history of HBCU athletic programs, and it, everybody seemed to be very receptive. Um, how was the Q&A afterwards? Did it was you... really good. They asked some uh, significant questions in regards to HBCUs. One of them asked the question about Pell Grants, and obviously... That is serious right now as you, mm. the leader of the free world, uh, in terms of his proposal, what he's rolling out. He's cutting education on all sectors, and obviously it's going to hit HBCUs. Angela Merkel? Harder than most. Well, that's on the end. you say? You said leader of the free world. that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Every now and then. Leader of the free world. What did he say? What? <laughs> Oh, my bad. You talking? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, that, that was funny. There we go. Because apparently, you know, Doc, and let's be honest now, that's why we are nowadays. You know, exactly. some people well don't, they're not caring well about, about secondary education anymore. They just want you to kind of like just keep your head down and they don't know, they're not concerned with what you're looking at. They just want you to keep your head down. I'll put it this way, first hundred days. Mm. Yeah, I did. It, it's got to be better. It's got to be better. It's been a long hundred days. Well, unlike most folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I was worried, but I'm not worried. Uh, I'm, one of, I'm one of the the uh, Obamacare patrons. And to be honest with you, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Because something good is going to happen. Because I don't think they're going to be able to just blow that through this week. And make it all work, because they you got to get both houses to just make an agreement before you can send it and get it signed, signed on. Because law is law. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. I don't know about word is the right word, but I tell you what, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, now, we all that now, because every day is just every day, and I, I, I ain't for every day. I'm I'm okay with three or you know two or three times a week, but every day. I ain't cool with every day. Everyday chaos. I ain't never. Uh-uh. <laughs> I wasn't raised that way. I was born in that kind of, and I lived through the fifties and the sixties. Mm. I, I know what chaos looked like. Mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued as we tie this back in the sports is how is how this will affect sports. Speaking of, go, go so ahead because because here in the state of Texas, there's a bill on the books. That is to be discussed on the floor of the state house this week, allowing home schools to participate in UIL sports competition. Now, don't look at me like that, Charles. Yeah, I'm on top of some things. I just don't look like it 
But every now and then I get I get information on, and it's kind of like I get focused in. But in the process, if you are not allowed to go on the private school level to participate in TAPS, how can you make your way past that, do an end around, and go to UIL unless someone, child, in the suburbs, that is a legislator that has a hunt in the game, has a dog in the game, and they have a has a that are upset because I'm I'm trying to stay as calm as possible here. Uh, get up have has gotten upset about their child not being allowed to participate in public school uh, athletic sports. But they don't want to send them to the public school. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if you got your child sitting at home, private schools are available for you. Right. They also have a, a homeschool national uh, sports program that allows you to travel anywhere and at any time and any place in this country to have your national, your statewide, your regional, and your national championship games. Unlike private schools and the public, we abide by the territory of the state of Texas. We can't go out, no private school, no uh, public school can go outside the state of Texas and have a state championship game. Hmm. And you don't play on Sunday. Even though you have Jerry Jones putting together. There you go. A That's state championship part. game uh, regarding other state coming in to Texas, Texas. to play. A showcase or something. No, it's a championship yeah, game. They play at the game. star in oh, the wow. new practice facility. So they were talking about doing it between like U- Utah and Florida, I think, were right. the first teams that were coming in to play in this game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically four teams. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, as they, we know right at this point, Jerry Jones has a lot of power with the NFL. How is that power going to translate in terms of the state of Texas, the legislature? I'm really intrigued well, about that. And then obviously the bill that was on the, on the floor in regards to the bathroom bill, saying yeah. what you seen in North Carolina. Remember what I said? Did, did they get okay from Jerry to say that to, to put that out there <laughs> and vote for it? Because I'm gonna tell you, if you step out there too far, don't think he won't re- or won't or reel you back in now. Because Jerry's about making money. He's about getting his building filled. He's about opening that building up and says, "Hey." I come got one, a, come on. I, I got a council. Y'all need to come in and visit. <laughs> what they, they haven't figured that out in the Texas legislature yet? No, they have not. Mm-hmm. They, everybody's spouting. Oh, okay. And that's all they're doing, just spouting. Well, we'll see. You know, because if Dan Patrick has his way, <laughs> the 2018 Final Four is going to be elsewhere instead of San Antonio. Yes, if it will. If the NCAA hasn't, sticks with their current, current, current position. And the, the, or the legislation doesn't change like Carolina made tweaks. <laughs> and cause the NCAA to crawfish and say, okay, well, you made enough tweaks, even though there's still discrimination. Right. We're still going to allow you to have uh, NCAA tournament games in the state of North Carolina. Yeah. An, adjustment, an adjustment was made. And let me give you another framework of just how... Let's see how I want to say it, but just how... Just deep, say it. Yeah, just say it. Do we... You know, as long as you don't get mad and say it and, and, and go off the deep end, everything's cool. No, nah, I'll never go off on the deep end of the frame. What I, I really wanted to go in and say just how powerful, and I, I'm careful about using that word in terms of the legislator, but how controlling they seem to be. Um, while this goes back and forth with that, but um, 
these decisions are not necessarily made with a large con, con framework of people, if you would, uh -huh. uh, for these rules. But there was another legislator that came on the book, and we were listening to that coming out of ESPN um, podcast that we listened to that talks about the fact that there was a legislator that made a bill that put on the table in North Carolina saying that they, and they was the NCA or the NBA tried to do this again, that they had a proposal that would force North Carolina North Carolina State, University of North Carolina, North Carolina State, to actually have to leave. I remember ACC. reading that. Yeah. I'm laughing. I read that. Yeah. <laughs> laughing, shook my head at the same time. Everybody, you know that the, the arrogance of certain legislators that 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 they would even put that on. The yeah, table. they that, said it was that's, that's not realistic that it'd get out. You know, the House part of the representatives in the state, but the fact that you would even put that on the table. Exactly. And then when somebody asks you about it and say, hey, well, they think about getting in our business, like, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you taught them. <laughs> and if this doesn't count that you talking about putting your universities in a huge lawsuit. Right. And the fact because they tied the money to this. So it be it would be like 10 years for you could even, 15 years for you could conceivably lead a conference. But what you're going to do to the financial framing of it, and not that I'm necessarily the best Roy fan, but uh, he did laugh at it, so I thought that was funny. <laughs> Before we lose any of those folks who are like, well, you know, I don't want to talk enough about sports, or that's what happened to ESPN. They went all left and all liberal and all that kind of stuff. Well, a couple of things. If you don't like our podcast, you can go elsewhere. We talk about a lot of things on these podcasts. Sports and more is what we talk about. One of our hashtags, sports and more. Politics is part of more. We can talk politics and tie it in the sports. We can talk about life. We've touched on Ferguson. We've touched on a lot of different things. And yes, we have. Police and, and injustice <laughs> and lots of stuff that some folks may not like and some folks do like and appreciate. I don't believe we're going to change. We're kind of set in our ways. We, we believe what we believe. And that's just how things are. That's what we do in these, the KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc podcast. Gentlemen, the Rockets are waiting on the Spurs of the Grizzlies after disposing of the Westbrooks in the first round. Yes, Russ, I said the Westbrooks because you're playing by yourself. When you sat down, your team cratered. Of course, you didn't help things in the fourth quarter. You decided not, <laughs> not to pass the ball to any of them like you just forgot they existed. Mm. You he didn't trust them. He didn't trust them. He trusted them for three quarters, but the fourth quarter, he didn't trust them worth a damn. So, mm -hmm. you know, he got most of his assists in the first three quarters of the games. In the fourth mm -hmm. quarter, I'm going to just chuck it and be going, I'm going to shoot us in and shoot us out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, now that he, he, he's, he's gotten a new contract. Not necessarily. He can opt out after next year. He can opt out. He can one more year. You'd have to sign an extension. He can leave after next year if he wants to. Maybe I heard that wrong. No, yeah, he signed a contract extension. With that extension, he can opt out after next year. Okay. Now, will it take him one more season before the 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 mental part of his his basketball, the real mental part of his basketball game, kicks in and says, "I'm it's time for me to go in and, and request some help." I'm I'm I'm, I'm being real because. I saw it happen with Kobe. I saw it happen with LeBron. Realized, like, you know what? I need some help. I'm either going somewhere or you bringing somebody in. Does it, will it take him another year of going through this? Because he's had it 
real good. He started out with two other help helpmates, James Harden and Durant. Then he lost James, kept Durant, and now this year he was actually out there by himself to do his thing his way. So does he? Will he go through another season of this, or will he go in and says, "You know what? I need some help." Does he not like it his way already? That's the question I have. I mean, to me. Yeah, in a lot of ways it seems like it. Like I said, he, this year he did it his way. But at some Should point. be good enough for MVP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He set a new record for triple doubles in the season. Got Oscar Robinson to show up in, in Oklahoma City. The, the big O congratulated him on the accomplishment. It's a hell of an accomplishment. No question He about. put up Today some great numbers. Day, day, day. Yep. But some was, huge, you know, he dropped 42 on Patrick Beverly. In game five, <laughs> and Pat said, well, he took 34 shots. And Russ said, but I still scored 42 on you. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. If it had been me, I'd say the same thing. I still put 42 points up on him. He, he must not have done his job, you know, that great. So that's, that's All he did was make me struggle. But, but to, <laughs> I like to see that now. But to get to your, to your point, it depends on what he wants. If he just wants to win, well, Accumulate triple doubles, losing the first round, then he just keeps the status quo, and that's what it'll be. He'll, he'll have a indecisive backcourt mate in Victor Oladipo, a sieve as a from, in a big man from Ennis Cantor, who the Rockets just tortured, were gleeful when he was on the floor. They lit his, <laughs> lit his behind up. Robeson. Uh, Andre Robeson is a hell of a player. He's a hell of a defensive player. Okay. okay. I haven't seen too many people give James Harden that kind of trouble, game in, game out, like Robinson did. Robinson did in this series. He blocked Harden shot at least twice a game mm-hmm. in this series. His problem is he's not a great offensive player, and he's a horrible free throw shooter. Horrific. Horrible. I mean, he's yeah. horrible. And the hack of Robinson in Game Four took him out of his own game in Game Five. He was af- afraid to shoot. Mm-hmm. He seemed unwilling mm-hmm. to shoot in Game Five. And that's my point, right there. But it comes down to Russ. If Russ goes to Sam Presti and says, I need some help. I want some help. This this year was nice. I got my triple doubles. We lost in the first round. I've been going to the towns. I've going to the That's on Russ. If Russ yeah. wants to do that, Russ is Oklahoma City. Russ says he loves it here. He doesn't want to go anywhere right, right now. That's what he says right now. Then ask for some help. If Come he on. doesn't, then keep doing what you're doing. Let the Rockets beat y'all in the first round again, a year after year. Cause that's what's gonna happen. So you know that's, that's, that's what's gonna happen. happen. That's what's gonna happen. That's what that's what you're looking at right now. Question is, will they want to trade from uh, Blake Griffin? Because it's almost time to blow up the Clippers. You know, but yeah. Blake can't stay healthy apparently. So yeah. so now you can just that's the other thing. What's your as as, as folks mentioned at, at, in the league and in in business? What is Blake's value now for trading? It's still high, but he got to he's got to get healthy after the. The big toe. I think he's, he's having surgery. Oh, to uh, repair the toe. That ain't good. That's always dangerous. Backs and feet. Yeah. So now yeah. for big man, yeah. when you start oh, having, sure. when yeah. you start having lower back and yeah, feet right. hate, it's, absolutely. It's, you know, it's time is, is 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 against you. Not on you. your right. side. Right. You know, because we lost y'all the same way. Exactly. You know, and Paul George is is on. Will, will be on the move because he said he wants to go to the Lakers. Is that gonna work out? So no, they'll, they'll get some stars wise. on the on the move. This this off season, you know, uh, Blake Griffin is a free agent. Could be a sign and trade. Well, I'm not sure. It really, would Oklahoma City could offer be basically they just got to gut their team, and give them young people. 
that you didn't really see in the first round against the Rockets. But let's let's give the Rockets credit. They didn't, they did not shoot the ball well in these five games in this first round series. No, they beat the Thunder with defense. Clutch scoring from Lou Williams off the bench, Harden coming through just enough, and big man Nene just devouring. Dude. Whatever Stephen Adams like a, or any big man yeah. Oklahoma City put on the floor. He yeah. looked like a young man out there amongst, amongst boys. My question is, can you sustain that against? No. Okay. All right. That's my thought. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they going to now. My, can I? Can we get five games out of this? Out of this next series? I'd be surprised and disappointed if the series against the Spurs. I think the Spurs will eliminate the Grizzlies. Does not go. From yeah. Six or seven. Just because of, the, of what the, the style of each team, what they do in the playoffs. Yeah, and the Rockets match up well against the Spurs. Yeah, well, I okay, agree. so they certainly. <coughs> why is it? Because this be the discussion we have all the time uh, when I'm when I'm out and about. Why is that matchup so bad with them in Memphis? And when in a series, and it's not not so much you know like night in ground and ground is ground and pound. Big Spain is me and some of my friends on Twitter called Mark Gasol. <laughs> and Zebo. All right, matchup problem is two of them. Mm. It's one in it. Yeah. He can't man up both of them. Gotcha. Clint Capella looked lost, lost yeah. in this first round against average big men for Ooh. the Thunder. That's mm-hmm. scary. Zebo and Big Spain are above average big men. Well, we all know that. I mean, Mike Conley, healthy, is a problem for Pat Beverly. Now, of course, if the Grizzlies aren't healthy and the James Harden stopper is not available, yeah. then this is not going to be much of a series at all. Yeah. Where does the scoring come from from the Rockets when, when, when you, if you are able to shut James Harden down? First, I don't know. You can't shut James Harden down. He's going to get the free throw line 20 times and get his points that way if he's struggling shooting from the outside. He'll find a way to score. So yeah. if I put Kawhi Leonard on him? Then Lou Williams and Eric Gordon can go get, mm. to, get to 40, mm. combined for 40. Mm. That's, that was a, a big difference against the Thunder. That is was a difference. Harden supporting cast was lit, you know, light years better than the, the Westbrooks. The Westbrooks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's and there's kudos to Daryl Moore for – for acquiring Lou Williams. Together, yeah. mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, Ryan Anderson didn't shoot well in the first round against right. the Thunder. Trevor Reza didn't shoot well against the, the Thunder in the first round. And yet the Rockets found a way to win in, in ways that folks didn't think they're good. They did not shoot the three-pointer well in this right. first round. And they still find a way to beat the Thunder. Now, some of but that's they also don't the shoot Rockets. a lot of shots in terms of they, – they, they don't necessarily get a lot of shots in terms of volumes. So the percentage is not well, but they take timely shots. And some Who sometimes does? Uh, uh, the Rockets in terms of those guys that you talked about. It, well, it, it depends on how, how teams play them. Right. Oklahoma City took the three away from the Rockets. They were not going to let you Rockets shoot, shoot the volume amount you know, of threes. Shoot 50 to 60 threes. So the Rockets went to the, went to the paint and got to the foul line mm. and beat them that way. Mm. You know, they beat them more methodically. And that's why they for Russ to go to the bench and take advantage and I was scoring by 10 points until Russ comes back in and then it's too late. You know, so. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, Lou Williams said it after, you know, during post game, And some of the, some of the comments um, 
I have on my Instagram account, Houston Ron Barview, and, and YouTube channel, Houston Ron Barview. But you can listen to the players say, Rockets players say, oh, when Russ went to the bench, we were happy because mm. it's time to get things done <laughs> because we can take advantage of, of this now and we got better weapons than they do right. without Russ. So let's take advantage of yeah. it. And that's what they did. Yeah, yeah. And that's to their credit and to the Thunder's demise. They didn't have enough weapons to combat that to help Russ win these ball games, And that's why they're fishing and like, now, like the rest of us, watching the playoffs on TV. <laughs> now, I'm glad you said that because it, it was, it was a, a source of contention that during the regular season, Russell Westbrook always had help, always had help. But when it... According to who? Some folks that, were, that didn't know what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> because I always look at it when, it, when it gets late in the season, if your team is not set up for, from the third... One, two, and three person coming off the bench in a series, you are dead before you get started in the playoffs. Because those three people need to contribute one way or the other, either by giving up fouls or scoring. Because mm. if not, that's eight people that's put, that's put into a game over just the first four games. The two at home and the two on the road that's not adjusted. And you got one guy that's getting it all done and everybody else is like, they're going through the motions, but they're not able to contribute. Because every game after that first one, the chopping starts to happen. It starts to happen. Mm -hmm. Defensively, they start picking up, folks start picking up on things. Oh, okay, I didn't have a chance to get like, what you do in the season, now, two days later, you hadn't figured something out, and I have. Mm -hmm. Now you at a disadvantage. Game three, you really at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Game teams get swept for the right reason. You make no adjustment, either way or the other. And you're not good enough. And you, you just That's what what I'm saying. Saying. You're, not, you're not good enough. Your, you your opponent is better than you. Right. And and one of the to paraphrase an NBA, well, I think it applies a lot of sports truisms. Is the role players play better at home? And they do on the road. Yep. And you truly saw that in the one game that Oklahoma City won in, in the this first round series, as opposed to the four games that they lost. Right. And the Rockets were better than them. I I don't believe anybody thought Oklahoma City was gonna win this series. No. <laughs> except uh, except sure maybe Russ and, and his Russ, teammates. And Russ and Russ. <laughs> but Russ. To his credit, believes in his, his team. He's overprotective of his team. I think he was wrong. I believe he was wrong for his biting the, the head off of a reporter, Barry Trammell, for asking a question about a legitimate question. To Stephen Adams, mind, not Russ, to Stephen Adams. Yeah. Steve, what are your thoughts on what happens? What happens to you, to the team, when Russ goes to the bench? And Russ just overreacts and says, this is not, a, don't, don't make this about Russ against the team, and this didn't give Stephen Adams a chance to answer the question that Stephen Adams was asked to answer. Right. <laughs> Barry Trammell fought back, didn't he? You know, and, and Barry said, no, I'm not giving the microphone. I'm going to Stephen answer the question. Yeah, yeah. So, much respect to Barry. Mm. And Barry, he's a long-time journalist for the Oklahoman. So, like I said, Russ is protective of his players. That's good. But come fourth quarter, 
You didn't trust him enough to pass him the ball. Pass the ball, right. But well, see, now that would have been the next question to be asked right there. Why, during the fourth quarter, you refused to trust your teammates? Next and question. And then, that would be his answer. That would be his answer. Next question. No, I care about that. Next question. Next question. Why didn't you pass the ball? Right, exactly. Next question. Who do you trust in the fourth quarter? Ne- next question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Russ, next question. <laughs> I've been like... Ne- next question. That was, that's, what, that's, what he, that's his pat answer when he doesn't want to answer your question. Next question. Well, i tell you what. Next dude, question. He can do or that. something really flippant and, and stupid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, he loved to what do that. What do you think yeah. about that? Yep. Yep. He loved to do that. He yep. loved to do that. Thoughts on that? Yep. Is that going to cost him moving forward in terms of... MVP selections if he does anything. You talking about down the road? Down the road. Uh, the only way that, that it could affect him is if he gets into a situation like what James Harden did this year and starts to focus in and realize, I got teammates. I got to start trusting. And he, he puts up numbers and all similar to what he had this year with involving everybody and not just about getting into a black hole situation in a, in a four or five minute stretch. If he can get to the point where he can st- trust teammates late in the game, it may become a question because folks will still have, reporters are reporters, mm-hmm. especially people that vote. They all, that, 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 that moment in time will, will reflect back because somebody's going to bring it up. I wonder when does that happen for a superstar in terms of when they start trusting teammates? I mean, we saw Kobe. Go it took Jordan almost eight Jordan, years. Jordan, exactly. Jordan. It took him almost eight years. Hmm. Um, LeBron is the first player. He and Magic were the first two players that I've seen that came in day one and said, everybody going to get their hands on the ball. Mm-hmm. Every game. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the situation is, late, early, whatever, the last shot, everybody going to get their hands on the, game, on the ball. I ain't going to be just hogging it. But keep in mind, I, I know what I just who, said. Who did Magic have for his teammates his first his rookie year? <laughs> he had Cap. But I still think the point in regards to sharing it is a different mindset, particularly in this day and age when You're a right. lot of fans yeah. and actually LeBron James got a lot of challenging questions in regards to him not being Michael Jordan in terms of taking the last too much. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's intriguing that in a lot of ways we've created this okay. environment where it's not necessarily now, conducive and celebrative for players really to share. Now we'll come and find a way to twist it and turn it around, but if you really think about it, as you said, somebody that rightfully sold came out of yeah. passing the ball really got beat up. Before you get started, you and I saw, KJ and I saw him in the high school format, summer AAU situation. From that day at 10, at, at, at 10.30 in the morning until now, my mindset hadn't changed. He was different. Hmm. Everybody touched the ball when they needed to. He wasn't hogging it. He wasn't... It was the first time I had been to a high school game, AU game, rather, and watched folks just sit on their behinds and just watch. It wasn't a bunch of hooping and hollering. Mm. It was more of, what did I just see? This is amazement. I'm not going to forget this moment in time. Mm. And 
it truly proved to be itself when he moved into the league because he went from not making any money to making a whole lot of money, and he hadn't changed. Charles, let me tell you. Let me let me <laughs> summarize. Start with the greatly, night before. Greatly. Start, start with what, the night before. What, what Wildcat is is saying. I was there Friday, and it's on my blog. You have to search for it. I did a write up of, about it. Uh, LeBron came to Pearland to play in the AAU tournament mm -hmm. with Kendrick Perkins as a teammate, Leon Poe as a teammate. Like, they, they, yeah. Realize this now. This is before they, they you made some rules where you had to be within a hundred miles of right of your residence. Mm -hmm. So Leon Poe from California, Oakland. Kendrick course from Beaumont. LeBron from Akron. This is all a one team. Wow. <laughs> and they, they did not win the tournament. They did not win the tournament. No. That's another story. I was about to say. They didn't win the tournament because they were tired. The okay. They were tired because they played like they had to play like four four games, four games in thirty hours. Oh, wow. So they were exhausted. I mean, literally. I mean, look, they played Friday night one time, and, and I think three or four times Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, they were exhausted. But seeing LeBron, he was awesome. He was in control. The whole bit. And I was I was thinking, me and Mark Berman, well, no, Mark Berman asked me to text him or page him because this is before smartphone. This is a long time ago. LeBron, the junior yeah, this, junior, in, yeah. junior before, before senior year yeah. at St. Vincent, St. Mary. Mark Berman says, Chris, you called me if LeBron shows up because there was some question because of the promoter of the AAU and his past experiences <laughs> yeah. promoting events, yeah. whether LeBron would show up or not. So I was there, and I had some media friends say, you let me know if LeBron shows up. So I called, I said, LeBron's here, he's here. Gym was packed. This is LeBron, had been on Sports Illustrated cover. You know, the next one, the king, the heir apparent, high school kids, junior high kids. Clear Lake High School. All these kids are, Clear some of my magazines, yeah. you know. Gym yeah. packed. LeBron put on a show. He was in control, he was a maestro. Wow. He did two hand block shot back then, chase down blocks. I mean, he was in control, directing teammates. You go here, you go here, you go here. I got this. You know, this in control. So I get home, call this man Wildcat. I'm gonna be I said, Wildcat, Jerry, <laughs> sit up. He's like, why? I've seen Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Basketball shoes on. That's how impressed I was because I've seen Jesus. On the basketball floor. Come it's only on one at a time. That's Somebody right. had that name. There Black Jesus. Black Jesus. That's exactly. because HBCU. Oh, my yes, goodness. So he said, okay, what time are you going to pick me up? Saturday morning. We came back. what so time? Yeah. We saw him come back. Yeah, 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 you had to see. After that, after he, he, after I wake up and I kind of like get get the fog out and everything, he goes <laughs> through, this, through this detailed information. I mean, this is. This is as detailed as I've seen it. I've ever known him to give a, a scouting report. I could have put that on and loaded it up on a computer that night and said, all right, here it is. This is what it looked like. Yep. <laughs> this is what it looked like. And hasn't changed. Dude, it ain't changed. Yeah. He's been the same way in, in every game. He's busted his butt, chased down balls, blocked shots. When he approaches a teammate, it's a look in his face that says, you need to correct that. You need to correct that. And he's not the MVP this season. He, but he's the best player in the NBA. Oh, well, that's, that's yeah, he's but the best not, player in the NBA. But. Because it, now it has gotten to be, when you're voting, uh, folks realize that. But what they've gotten involved in mentally is something caught their eye. Ah. And they stayed with that. Mm. And the only reason I voted for 
James Harden this year, and these two with Dave have been a hard critic. For two years now, going on three, been a hard critic. Because mm -hmm. just, I just couldn't see him getting through the fog and all. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the trees was growing up, the weeds in the yard, and the fog in front of him, he just wasn't getting past that. Mm -hmm. This year, for whatever reason, he got past that. And before all, they'll tell you before we left to go before we left to go to the final four. I basically admitted <laughs> in the introduction. Yeah, I'm voting for James Harden. I got to get that out there, and that's who I voted for for MVP. Charles, April two thousand two. Found <laughs> it. Basketball for thought. It's my old commentary <laughs> title. Title of it is just a junior. Yep. Let me just. I'm gonna read this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too long. So I'm gonna go start in the middle. I'll just describe. What you saw? Let me just see. Let me just start. What you saw? What you What you see? LeBron. Well, LeBron was. Let me just. I'll read the whole thing. This is our podcast. You yeah. Mind indulge me, listeners. Go ahead. I finally had the chance to see LeBron James play basketball. Remember, it's 2002. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard of him, where have you been? He's a high school phenom who many basketball people believe could play in the NBA right now. LeBron is currently a junior at St. Vincent St. Mary's High School in Ohio, and his basketball skills have been described to me in almost legendary terms. Opinions from basketball people whom I have very high respect have raved about the young man's talents for more than a year now. Well, I had never been afforded the opportunity to see LeBron play ball before, mm. so I couldn't form my own conclusions about him. Well, LeBron was recently near the Houston area competing in a big-time AAU event, so I had my chance to see him. I saw him play, and I can safely say LeBron James is truly a spectacularly gifted basketball player. Let me underscore basketball player. Because at 6'7 and about 225 pounds, LeBron is much more than an athlete who dunks at basketball with ease. While a lot of high school kids can dunk, very few of them can actually play basketball. LeBron is one of those rare diamonds. He can do it all on the basketball court. His court vision is exceptional. His leadership skills are exemplary. His basketball fundamentals are great, too. In short, his basketball IQ grades out to the level of genius. LeBron James is a member of basketball's version of Mensa. I'll just describe the greatness he displayed last weekend at Clear Lake High School. His plane lands at the airport. Here that his plane <laughs> lands at the airport at roughly 7.45 for a game scheduled to begin at 9.40. He arrives at the gym. Kids and adults began murmuring, He's here. That's LeBron. LeBron warms up, then puts on a dunking display during the layup line. While most of the kids oohed and eyed at each of his dunks, I was impressed because I wanted to see more than just a kid flying through the air with the greatest of ease. Game time. Tip off. And LeBron proceeded to put on a show. Basketball clinic. He scored from the outside on deep three-pointers. Played solid defense. Ran his team's offense, directed his teammates' positions on defense, played passing lanes, knocked down a 20-foot turnaround shot with a defender's hand in his face while falling out of bounds, threw down a vicious dunk after he yelled, trailer, trailer, like players are supposed to do on a fast break, over a kid after leaving from about 10 to 12 feet from the basket. LeBron accomplished all of that and more in the first half alone. Wow. The second half started. And he continued to impress me and everyone else in attendance. After team turnover, he ran down the sideline around the referee 
and swatted a layup attempt off the backboard. Later, LeBron blocked another layup attempt off the backboard with both of his hands. In other words, he caught the ball against the glass. The crowd went nuts. <laughs> After the game, none of us had any doubts about the kid's tremendous ability, nor whether he could play in the NBA. Many of us feel LeBron could play in the league right now. Saturday morning, he displayed his point guard skills and let his teammates get involved and score. He broke pressure defense with ease. He wasn't flashy at all, except for between the legs dunk he did with the game winding down, which he made look frighteningly easy. If it seems as if I'm gushing about this kid, it's because I am. He is indeed the real deal. He wouldn't dominate the NBA right now, but he definitely could hold his own. I'm not advocating he challenged the NBA's rules about high schoolers being ineligible to play in the league, but he'd probably win the case. LeBron James is one of the most gifted basketball players I've ever seen and realized the basic fact that he'll be a senior in high school in the fall. Amazing. All of his talent, and he's just a junior in high school. Wow. Two things I'm going to add to this. One, if he doesn't get injured in a spring football game, because he was a tight end, there's no there's, Ohio State was definitely going to be yeah. the answer to it all. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, my number one basketball king, uh, son called me. Well, no, he, he he called me and told me he was headed to another another tournament. We get to the gym about eight o'clock, eight thirty, no later. It's all it's already about twenty or thirty coaches sitting up in the gym, and the only thing on their mind that that Saturday morning was, I hope he get hurt. Oh, because that gives all of us a chance to recruit. Because they, that's when that was the first time that KJ and I heard the actual words. He's not playing in, the, in in college ball next year. They they bringing him to the league. Yeah, that's the first time we heard it verified. That Saturday morning, they bringing him to the league. Wow. And I was like, I'm gonna hold this to myself, but I'm gonna be like, damn. And I, I, I and, and I'm, I'm be honest with you, it's, uh, I looked at that, and KJ will tell you. <coughs> He's never seen that look on my face since. Because I know what I saw. Go ahead, Doc. I love it. I hate to throw a hand grenade in this great conversation. I know you do. No, you but you... But, but, but I understand what no, you're No, look at this. We just breaking news. I'm glad to say it. If you want Deshaun to say Deshaun Watts is a Houston Texan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. Hold up. Hold up. Now we got breaking news. Now, 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 let's be honest now. We've been critical of Dallas. Football natural for a long time. Rick Smith traded up with the Browns as a 12th pick to draft Deshaun Watson. I don't believe. Got it done. Now, that changed now, everything. Now, everything I understand so about the, the Texans, I got to take back for at least a week. At least, at least, <laughs> yeah, at least we're week. not going to get the Tom Savage here? Dude. No, get <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, yeah. They'll get it. They'll get, get it. it. They'll get, get the start out. Uh-huh. Uh, they'll try to work him in. Yeah. Now, if he just takes off. Yeah. Dak Prescott, uh, but even in a lot of ways, you got to think about that was due to an injury. Exactly. Right. So Savage has every place to win this out preseason. Right. And I so Savage, I think two things have to happen. Deshaun Watson has to really play at a high level, and not only that, I think you have to have Tom Savage play at a really low level. It has to be a convergence of those. I, two I got you. Okay. Even if Deshaun Watson plays at a high level, if Savage is Medium or mediocre best, I think he's still gonna get the shot. Yeah. That totally the first, and then you play into it. That that totally changes things in the in the in the division. That totally changes because 
let's be honest, never in our wildest dream did we think they would be able to do a... Well, you know, a lot of this went back, I mean, historically, as we just talked about. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you had Vince Young. That was a fan favorite in a lot right. of ways, at least for a large segment of the Texas population, bringing them back the championship yeah. to the University of Texas. Right. And in a lot of ways, to the state of Texas, those that are connected to football, because he grew up here. So when that didn't happen, I think a lot of people just did not believe. They was capable. That, not, not that we were capable, because they played an African-American quarterback no, before I, 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 as a backup, yeah. but that they would draft one as the face of the franchise. Um, I just, a lot of people, because of that, just didn't feel like that they would do that, would be married to that. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is historically speaking, yeah, even though right. the ownership of Texas and of the Texans, you know, goes back a short time. But if we're going to talk about this from a historical perspective, there's a reason why yeah. a lot of people, particularly in the African-American community, mm -hmm. did not see this coming uh, in general, just from the pick they thought it. Possibly he'd be there, but for them to do that, I don't think people saw that it was just reality, just from a ownership and a historical perspective that that they would do this. So now that this happened, I think again you give them kudos. But now the true work comes in because now you have the factors: is he going to be successful, be able to grow? I think it's good from the standpoint you got a a, a player that a lot that's probably going to come in basically with a chip on the shoulder thinking that they should have went much higher and so i think that could be a good thing um, you know you've you've heard the pros and the cons so now we get to see yeah. the action yeah you know what's going to take place and a lot of that is going to be about the talent they put around them on the offensive line we know there's some question there so we're going to see what they do with the rest of the draft to get to that obviously on the defensive side you have a championship level defense uh, which, if you compare it to the franchise just up north, right, uh, is the fact that they were still struggling yeah. to some degree of defense, so he's in a better position than that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see. We saw this play out on the football field with African-American coaches at Texas, Texas A&M, seeing that kind of play out, and obviously we see what has taken place mm -hmm. since then yeah. with the Longhorns. So be interesting. Again, now you have this pseudo-rivalry between – Dallas and Houston to play out in regards to yeah. the quarterback leading those teams right. uh, happen to be African-American. Uh, one is going to be a very high top pick. The other one kind of sent it out of nowhere. But it'll be interesting to see how this dialogue yeah. continues to move forward. Yeah. What wow. does it mean? Wow. Not just on the field, but what is next. So wow. I think what, that's what you're going to see coming around the, a lot of people. They'll try to put words to it, but essentially I think you said it back. A lot of people are going to say, Wow. Yeah. Who was who the Texas best wide receiver? Uh, see, that answered that question right Come there. on now. Who was the Texas best wide receiver? Oh, I talking about Andre Johnson? Right now. Who was the best wide receiver? Who was the Texas best wide receiver? Nuke Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Played where in college? Clemson. Deshaun Watson played where in college? Clemson. Did they play together? The Clemson connection, baby. Hmm. Or they just wow. Oh, we've seen it with Warren Moon, but I mean, an African American quarterback in Dallas. Yeah, the owner is from South Carolina. He 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 yeah. some plays out of South Carolina. For the longest, it was his on um, the University of South Carolina. But yeah. now he slid. But I guess a lot of it happens to be that a lot of the talent now is going to Clemson. Yeah, that is Obviously, true. with them winning the championship and building towards it. But yeah, I think the connection you put up there is interesting. 
relationship. But I just think it's fascinating. One, <clears throat> continue to see African-American quarterbacks uh, have an opportunity to play at the level. It seems like that dynamic is finally starting to move along, busted uh, as what with them being able to be high picks mm-hmm. uh, now. So it's going to be interesting to see how does this continue to play out. And can he live up to it now? You're talking about a 12-round pick that's relatively high. First round, so you have a lot of weight on your shoulders. And this is a franchise that the fan base... They're trying to is, win now. Yeah, in some ways, is getting yeah. a little restless. It hasn't shown in terms of the ticket sales at the gate. Yeah. I'm not talking about it on that side. Right. Yeah. But I'm talking about a lot of people that are frustrated that they can't seem right. to significantly move forward in the playoffs. They've got it done in terms of division. A lot of people have broken that down from the standpoint that the division is not very tough. Right. So they do get credit to getting done. But right. in terms of what people are wanting to see now, it's progress in the playoffs in a serious run at a Super Bowl. Can you so, beat the Patriots? Um, and can you do that? Can you and, compete? Yeah. 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 Can, can you compete? compete? Definitely, Patriots, if you can yeah. beat the Patriots, you know in a position to win yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think at this point, people would settle for them to make a serious run in the playoffs playing at a conference championship game. Sure. You know, at some point, you got to get over that hump and get in the game. And then finally, people are not going to. Uh, settle down until you actually win it all. But yeah. I think if they can just at least show the serious steps of moving towards that, it's going to be interesting to see how does that talk take place. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, uh, you're going to have a lot of fans that are going to be excited about this. Very much so. They're going to be very so. excited about this with they have a defense. They're going to think, uh, rightfully so in a lot of ways, that the missing piece was the quarterback. Right. <clears throat> but as Chris alluded to, I think they're talking about right now. I'm not sure. Just because of what we've seen with Dak Prescott is kind of one of those things that can ruin a lot of things because now the expectation is is that you can bring these young quarterbacks in right. and they get it done, and I'm not sure if that's really realistic. Mm. We've seen that before uh, with some very solid quarterbacks, at least that were measured, come in, coming into some situations where they were maybe asked to do a little too much too early. But when you have is a it, defense, is can it, you play on it? Is it now, asking can a, you run the ball? Is it asking a lot for the fans to be a little patient with the rookie quarterback? I don't think it's asking them a lot. There's two different things. I think you can ask them, but I think it's realistic. Again, I think this fan base uh, is kind of one and done. Yeah, they're tired of it. I mean, so you're just a a product of your situation. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not as much as they may agree that you should expect it. And then let's not kid ourselves. Again, you have the club just up 45. And so you're in a situation where – that's going to be drive a little bit of the talk too. Sure, it, it's just the situation, and it being across the country is one thing, but it actually being literally in your state, I think, drives it home that you're going to drive a lot of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Just the natural relationship between the two. In fact, I think a lot of people were suggesting that they pick Watson, and a lot of that was because of what what they uh, saw Jack Prescott, Prescott did, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, we got a defense." Sure, again. You know, how much of that was Dak just really superseding all the measurables and, and things just coming together? Or how much is that is a changing of the guard where you can expect much more mm-hmm. from younger quarterbacks that have the ability? Great old line, great running game. Yeah. He had a lot of things working in his favor. Yeah, so mm-hmm. while he didn't necessarily have on the defensive side, they certainly had an offensive side that many people thought was going to be top notch. That's not the case with. Texans. We're questioning that offensive line, and you probably feel comfortable with some running back, but I don't know if you had the running back the quality of 
Zeke Elliott, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you still got to find a, uh, a left tackle. So you, you now you probably will. You may even go the uh, free agent route to, to get that done. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think there's some questions that you're going to see with Dallas. Who do they take in terms of what is it, tight end or even offensive lineman? Because right. they did lose uh, uh, offensive lineman to free agency. Yeah, yeah uh, they did. To the Denver Broncos. So there's going to be some question about that offensive line too. And I think that's just the business that we're in. The one uh, team that has been able to do this like no other obviously is the New England Patriots and part of that is having a great quarterback but it also is part of a team and management team that has been able to stay ahead of when do you pay players and when do you let them go in terms of measuring getting it done so it's going to be fascinating in a lot of ways I think that's the fourth that was the fourth quarterback taken in this first round I see Mahomes has gotten got picked up by Kansas City well, it's a quarterback league, so a lot of people uh, need and searching the quarterback. Wow. And so people are going to take the risk. And that just, in my eyes, that tells you a little bit about how desperate people are with quarterbacks. Because <laughs> everybody came into this draft telling you that this was not a great class right. for selecting quarterbacks. And many people thought these quarterbacks were going to fall. Some thought really to the second round. Now, that may have been a little... Stretch. Stretch. Big stretch. But the fact that they're going relatively high, I think, again, says a lot about the premium placed on quarterbacks. Specifically, particularly talking about that a lot of people thought the draft just next year in terms of quarterback was a better draft. People to the point now that they don't even think they can wait. Yeah. 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 And, and that's what, it, for this many quarterbacks to go this, this early and this soon, I mean, we hadn't even got to the uh, 20th pick and you got it. Yeah, that's at least three strong arm guys. Um, well, our, our one of our mentors, Mr. Ralph Cooper. What did he have to say? You know, he has tweeted. We, Texas make huge step to move to another level in the NFL. To Times level, are changing. <laughs> to another level. <laughs> to, to another uh, level. It, it takes Ralph to sum it up. <laughs> to another level. There are a lot of happy fans out there, happy Texan fans. I, I, I can imagine somebody in the bar said, hey, rounds on me. <laughs> exactly. We're going to make a move. Happy Texans fans on Twitter, Facebook. They, well, we'll see how soon he'll hit the field. OTA started when? Uh, in about two weeks? I got a text from somebody said shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the Browns that they traded with, too. So, you know, they traded with a team that's. Maybe most one of the most in franchises yeah. in the NFL. So you know, one of the ones that well, if they got fleeced, they just got fleeced. Exactly. You yeah. know, that's they just, traded that's their first round pick next year to move up to twelve. So uh, good for Rick Smith. And it's about time. <laughs> it's about time. About time. <laughs> but, yeah, about that's, time. that's good. So let me sh- slow down a little bit and go back to some college basketball. Wildcat, do you have anything to? to oh, I looked down at my. My Twitter feed here and, and tweet deck. I see the clip. I gotta get y'all's thoughts on Les Alexander. Don't <laughs> oh, me, hold on, hold on. I I the day, man. On wait, why you why you didn't text me, man? Why you didn't text me? Somebody said you gotta approach the official during the game like the other night. Yeah, yeah you haven't seen the footage yet? Oh man. man he been... took what? Ten steps? Yeah, King tried to catch him. Hey, hey, you, oh. you walk now, you can go to I mean just Google it, but you go to my hoops blog too and see it because the big find it. Straight down the road about ten steps. 
Said a few words and walked two, back three to his feet. feet onto the floor. He's a hundred thousand dollars lighter. So he pulled a Mark Cuban and and, 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 and no, this is it wasn't <laughs> as no. game time action. <laughs> no, it wasn't as bolsterous as because yeah, he Mark, was doing in in a lot of agitation and was saying it, but in a lot of ways this was worse than that because he literally stepped onto the playing surface. Oh before. no, he so he <laughs> went down the sideline about ten feet and went. Two to three feet onto the court, oh. and the referees on the outside. Go to my host blog, sir. Go to my host blog and pull it up. And <laughs> to the go right go of the official, and Bill Evans says something to the official. Says something to Bill Evans, a black man. Mm. Bill Evans turned his head as like, Wes walked, as Les walked back I think to his seat. Couldn't believe what was going. Bill on. Exactly. Looked at him like, "What are you doing?" I know this man just <laughs> did walk up to me like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, yeah, if you got fined $100,000, the league announced it. So, then I like how the league uh, phrases these things in the press release. Houston Rockets owner Leslie Alexander has been fined $100,000 for confronting a referee during live game action. It was announced today by Byron Spruill, president, NBA League Operations. The interaction occurred with 13 seconds remaining in the first quarter of the Rockets' 105-99 win over the Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> on April 25th. Now, my question is, as I watch this video, action all stopped until Les went back to his seat. That's when I see the ball finally moving. I'm like, what the hell? And you see look on Bill Evans' face. Oh, yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Somebody just walked up on me. Did you catch a king try to catch him before he ran down? No, I didn't see that. It, it, it started, the, the, the look that I have is... is, is well, exactly can, that point. Well, you can click on the link below it if you have, if you have the my Who's blog and see the from the leagues, the NBA.com. They have a little bit more. But you know what though, he lucky. He he is truly lucky. Trust me, because I know some folks, including myself, that would look to him with a look, <laughs> and I'd have blow that whistle and stopped it right there. <laughs> and I'd have pointed that way. Come here. Get him. See that guy right there. Security. <laughs> I, have the man removed from the building. I want it removed from the building. Because as a referee, oh, yeah. you're the most oh, important you person. You're, you're in charge of the building, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's looking for, for a kid real life. Like, oh, I, I can't. Hold on, Les. <laughs> <laughs> no, he kind of like, and it did. Yeah. Traffic, no, nothing moved until, ball doesn't move until Les goes back to his seat and sit down. I'm like. The defenders, Max Edison, has tweeted, We've got a winner in the house now. Rick Smith has screwed the Browns again. <laughs> Sean Watson is a Texan. Wow. Man. That's a bold man. Yes, sir. Because that's a bold man. Because I'm going to tell you. It, it's, I know some officials, personally, that's in the league now, refereeing. Mm. Oh, it wouldn't have ended pretty. Mm, mm, it wouldn't have ended pretty. Man, that's it, fascinating. Wow, it wouldn't have been. Wow, okay, how can folks find you on the internet? <laughs> you can find me Facebook, TweetDeck, Twitter, JL Woodley1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr. YouTube, Blogger, Blogspot. And SoundCloud at 
AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. My next big trip is the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City the first week of June. Doc, how can folks find they got some more questions to get your thoughts on okay. Sterling. Pertain to another rocket and being fined. But go ahead. They can find me on the social media platforms that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Again, that's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. You can follow me and listen to me every Tuesday live with Charles Bishop on our show, Dr. Ville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab, along with Mike Washington, every Tuesday from 6 to 7 on KKBQ 92.9 HD2, uh, FM HD2, I should say. Um, and if you can't catch it live, you can do it on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud at Dr. Ville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab, listen to it at your earliest convenience. So that's really where you can hear, listen to me. And Actually, you can go to K-Switch TV and watch it yes. as well mm -hmm. on the broadcast. So, a little bit about HBC before you jump in with a couple of other questions. I want to get out there with some oh, coaches. Hold on, hold on. Let Charles Bishop do his let thing. Let folks yeah. know how they can find him. Oh, you can find me on social media platforms, Instagram and Facebook under my name, Charles Bishop, and on Twitter at C-H-A-R-L-E-S-B-I-S-H, Charles Bish, 1953. And, of course, I'm on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab, Tuesdays from 6 to 7 on uh, KCOH. You can see us live. All right, Doc, let's give us some HB, HBCU info. Yes, uh, you all remember Juan Dixon, Maryland? Yeah, yes, well, we do. He is has recently been named the head men's basketball coach at Coppin State University. Yes, sir. That's, that's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. so be interesting that brings a little smack to the game in the minute. Yeah, Coppin State is <laughs> Coppin trying to get, State. Back, get back in the basketball business. I hope so. Two legendary coaches up there in uh, in Baltimore, right. Morgan State, over there in the area. So it'll be interesting. And then um, Albany State announced a new coach uh, in their program. Interesting to see how this might uh, plan out. Gabe. Gardenia, his father actually was a radio announcer at Marshall. You mm -hmm. may have heard a couple of years ago. But uh, he has a background coaching at Charleston Southern. And the president talked about uh, what he sees for his program. Actually, we played a press conference during the radio show and discussed it. So if you want to hear parts of that, that'd be a good reason to go and check out our podcast. Again, that's SoundCloud, Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. So that's a bit of information that's fascinating for some people. Donnie Marsh left Texas Southern as assistant and takes on the Alabama A&M head coaching job. So that is intriguing on that. You still have Gramlin out there looking for a head coach. Uh, you have FAMU in the mix looking for a head coach. But Tennessee State on the women's side has found a coach for their basketball program, Jessica Kern. Uh, leaves Mississippi Valley to become the head women's basketball coach at Tennessee State. So that's interesting. South Carolina State names a new athletic director. So, yes, people are saying, man, a lot of changes. Stacey Danley, at one time he was at Alabama State. He's back in the business in terms of being an AD. And so it'll be interesting to see how that goes on. A colleague of mine that uh, has followed me on Facebook, and we've become great friends in following what she's done, Tiffany Dawn Sykes is the assistant AD for compliance at Gramlin State University. So, again, 
A lot of changes to be interesting. Uh, this one put out there for Claflin University. Ashley Jordan, named head volleyball coach at Claflin University. I know we don't necessarily shout out the volleyball, but let's give the people some love as they're trying to get it done. Grambling State's making moves. They also hired Karen Cardi, assistant AD for marketing and communications. So interesting things going on across the landscape uh, in regards to that. I'm not sure if we put this out there since the last time I talked, so I'll, even if it's if it has, I think it's worth repeating. Roman Banks, the head men's basketball coach, or I should say previous head men's basketball coach, uh, who was the interim AD, has now taken on the permanent, I don't really like to say permanent as the athletic director, uh, but taking on the role of uh, the director of athletics at Southern University because we know the yeah. jobs certainly are oh, man. permanent. Mm. But Especially <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason State, you ain't too far behind now. Not too so far. So the uh his assistant coach will take over the basketball coach in a lot of ways I thought that was interesting from the same from the standpoint that uh that is more Scott. He will take it over in the interim role, but he is an HBCU graduate. He actually comes over uh, a graduate of Florida A&M. So this is a case where you have an HBCU graduate getting an opportunity. And as of late, that hasn't been the case very much. So it's interesting to see uh, he gets his opportunity. Can he get it done uh, at a place that will be interesting where they've had some success? Uh, probably in a lot of ways until this most recent championship for Texas Southern University, you could kind of have the balance and say that both teams were neck and neck over the next four over the last four, six years in terms of their positioning for the championship. Mm -hmm. And I think Texas Southern's championship, oddly enough, in this case, was both in men's basketball and women's basketball for Texas University. First time that Texas Southern University won a tournament championship getting it done. The last thing I'll put out there on the table, other than uh, a couple other things people may want to uh, at least know about, is the fact that Texas Southern University's golf team qualified for the national tournament for the yeah. first time mm -hmm. in school history. So a lot of firsts, a lot of things going on over there, over here, I should say, at Texas Southern University. Talk, touch on the uh, extensions yeah. for the coaches, for Mike Davis and Janetta Hayes-Perry. Yeah, and you know they're happy to hear that. Anytime you get extension, two years for both coaches, they will be here to 2022. Unless somebody with bigger pockets comes calling. Yep, and is that across the street? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say all that. You know, I wouldn't mind that. Either one of them. No, I'm not going to make you put that out there. That's why I said that. I am. You've been wanting it to happen. I will say this. I have. But I have. I'm not necessarily one of those coaches, but that those two be fine. Yeah, there's another one out there that we can talk about. We'll let this settle down. It's another year. We got to kind of let that play out. So we won't right. put it out there too early for folks to get all nervous or excited, whichever way they want to go. I thought there was one interesting thing. Clark Atlanta University, which is a Division II program, we know in terms of the football program that the head coach there was the previous head coach at Texas Southern University uh, in regards to uh, – but the big issue they got there is they actually have Grambling yes. mm -hmm. coming to Atlanta to play in that game. You don't see that often where uh, FCS program, formerly 1AA, is going to play uh, – against uh, a Division two program. Sure. And at this point, it's in Atlanta, we know, but it, they have it listed as if it's going to be on campus. So I don't know if they're going to make a classic out of it, maybe move it to a bigger venue uh, with the fact that Gremlin does tend to travel well. I've heard the fact that they are looking at it being a classic, but uh, 
I'm not sure if that is just going to be a classic on campus or outside of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see some other SWAC programs looking at doing two, three type deals with Clark Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I've always put it on the table. Does Atlanta. this mean that Clark Atlanta is looking at moving to the FCS? Obviously, the big news over the day is the fact that Savannah State is reclassified. They're moving from Division One to Division Two, which means they're going to leave the MEAC. We haven't heard any word of where they're going to go. Obviously, a lot of people think the natural fit is the SIC, mm -hmm. which is their previous conference affiliation when they were Division Two. Um, but I'll be fascinated to see how that goes. And, and so, a lot of moves are taking place at uh, HBCU. So it'll be interesting to see if that is just a tell of the tape or if that's what's going on in terms of the matchup there. Two things on the uh, swag page today. Uh, they made the, the on the front. That's page. Kevin Ramsey that I was referencing previously. Uh, they <coughs> notice of the uh, football media day scheduled for July 14th uh, this year. And they, I didn't see a, uh, anything else as far as place, but uh, I am happy to see Texas Southern's uh, softball and. Baseball team are leading the Western Division right now. Uh, it's it's interesting. They have a huge now. trip. I want to jump into you because you put I, that I, out I, there. I they're going that. to Grambling, and that's going to decide basically the Side Western land. Division. Yeah. Uh, Texas Southern goes in that game with the one game lead in the loss record. So this weekend is going to be huge to see who uh, wins the conference. In a lot of ways, at the bottom of the conference is going to be just as big. As you have Arkansas Pine Bluff and Southern playing, and essentially the loser of that series is out. Which, if it's either one of those teams, is going to be surprising. Southern, in terms of the history, uh -huh. people didn't necessarily think that um, they were going to be at the top of the conference, but many people probably didn't think they would be left out. But on the opposite side, many people had Arkansas Pine Bluff to be a contender. So the fact that they are potentially. Mm -hmm had the opportunity to be left out the conference would be really intriguing in terms of what's going on and uh, so it'll be fascinating to kind of keep your eyes on what is taking place there as we kind of got into the NFL a couple of names to keep your eyes on for HBCUs uh, in regards to the draft is Tariq Cohen his draft status is supposed to be going up not necessarily a day one guy but he may sneak into day two certainly yeah. you yeah. gotta believe day three for sure mm -hmm. some other guys out there that you may not be uh, familiar with is the vicarious uh, Lehman from South Carolina State, Grover Stewart from Albany State. That's a Division II program. South Carolina State and A&T, for those that are not familiar with, those two uh, sc schools participate in the MEAC, a Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, and Albany State and SIAC. We just talked a little bit about the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. A gentleman that we had an interview on our show that was preparing and working out, his draft stock has went up. That's Javancy Jones, Jackson State uh, lineman. Their defense on the defense side of the ball, uh, really good. Chad Williams, Grambling State, wide receiver that uh, really turned it on, played big all season long, very talented. Um, people are talking about his shots in the league early on, so don't be surprised at that. We kind of gave you some heads up on that. He showed up in the Celebration Bowl in terms of his play. Uh, one of the touchdowns we still believe that he caught. It wasn't called in that game. Yeah. But they got the championship there. We were there live on that one, covering it. Uh, Bishop and I, along with colleague Mike Washington. Jalen Ware, Alabama State. Um, Jessamine, I believe. Jessamine. A dunker from Tennessee State. 
Zara Robinson for Tennessee State. And it's interesting when you talk about Tennessee State. They've been really doing well in terms of sending people in the draft last couple of years. So yeah. Some believe that the coach there is on the hot seat based on the fact that what they perceive as talent coming in there right. and what he's been able to get done. He does have that transfer coming in, so it'll be interesting to see is that enough to get it done. And last one here is going back to Alabama State, Brandon Barnes of Alabama State. I'm sure y'all familiar that Jackson State, Groundland State, Alabama State are all in the Southwestern Athletic Conference at the Division I level. Tennessee State, you all may not realize is HBCU, but they do play in the OVC, which is, they happen to be the only HBCU in that conference. So that kind of rounds it up. Most of the Division One players, this is probably the deepest prospect we've had for HBCs in some time. And one Division Two program, so it'll be interesting. One name you didn't see out there that you still want to keep your eyes on is Derek Griffin. I was going to ask Very you. talented guy. At this point, it doesn't look like he'll be drafted, but you better believe he'll sign a free agent drill. You have a kicker for Texas Southern University. Um, what is the kicker's name? Medina. Medina. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Medina is another guy that you look at for um, trial that had one with the Texans. So he's probably going to come in as a free agent. Don't be surprised if he lands right here in your Eric Medina, right? Texas. Mm -hmm. Eric, Eric Medina. Medina. Mm -hmm. That's very talented. Chatterbox says, funky cold Funky cold Medina. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about when I was slipping on his name because I always uh, love the way Chatterbox does that in regards to that. But those are some guys that, that were heavy. Um, Eric Medina was a finalist for the BNL Cowboy Senior HBCU Football Award. Mm -hmm. um, and that's uh, two years in a row we actually had the previous um, first year um, young man actually signed a contract just recently with the Canadian Football League, Jonte Hebert. Mm -hmm. So um, fascinating to see that people that are coming up to the award are getting shots at the professional level. Very excited about that. And tell you just about some level of the football in this area. And so we're going to see if we can give Jackson State and Southern and, and Grambling a play for their money and make a run and, and chase down the SWAC championship game in Houston ahead down to Atlanta. Yeah. So we want, or at least I won't be there by myself. I have some fun with some. Friends down there, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But no, you ain't. Can we get, can we get no, Prairie we View, can. Texas Southern? <laughs> we always try. We always try. A couple of things before we wrap it up here. Going to speed through some signings from the local area colleges. Mm. Basketball? And yes, that's, that's what I do. Well, I can't. I'm hey, not, no, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm not, you, I'm you, not the kind of sports report like you are. Yeah, yeah. 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 Highly trained. You know, yeah, like, he yeah. might venture off in the baseball. You know. <laughs> that ain't happening. That ain't not happening at all. That is, that is not happening. No, sir. Astros are doing well. But uh, we got the Cougs signing six-foot Octavia Barnes from Junior College yesterday. Announced that yesterday. Coach Huey, uh, he's happy about that one. He's, he made some good signings. So we'll see. He's, he's looking to improve upon the 12 wins from this season, add maybe six more to get to 18. So we'll see if he can accomplish that goal. Wow. He Eight. does that. He, we're, talking about, we're talking about going to a place they hadn't been in a while. Yeah, well, you know, the right side was raised the bar with a tournament. Hey, well, they raised that bar, but the TSU Lady Tigers had gone to the NCAA tournament. You know, and they, and they should have. They got beat down, but they still went to the NCAA tournament. They won scared. Unlike the U of H Cougars. HBU signed 6'3", Natalie Guarda to an NLI, National Letter of Intent. Uh, that was last week, and a few weeks ago, the Cougs signed two other players. 
like I said, Coach Hughes, man, he's, he's doing, doing some things. So, you know, I got to give him credit. He's trying to do some things and maybe got tired of me talking about the players he did sign. And, you know, he signed a six foot three Nashima Oliver and six foot two Maya West. So we got six three, six two, and six feet. He got a verbal commitment yesterday announced on Twitter by Tatiana Hill. Mm. Six foot two from the Caney High School. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. she can hoop. Yeah. So can she? And added some some height and some talent. More importantly, just height, talent to the program. There you go. Uh, at the University University of Houston, so I'm glad to see that. We'll see what they can do with it. The Rice <laughs> Owls on uh, two weeks ago signed uh, Timmy Lau. You know anything about her, Wildcat? No, I do not. Let me see and do a little read up. She's five foot ten. Doing the hours of coming class. You know how I am about them. So she uh, played at Allen High School. Really? So uh, football class. Allen I was about Jackson, to say they yes. play good football. Mm-hmm. So she's uh, she chose rice for academics as well as what they do on the court. <laughs> so you can have a problem with that. And of course, you got the youngest Oguma Kays, both eligible to play for uh, coming. All this I fall. know is that that is that's gonna be my bellwether right there. And I hope. That Rice and University can get something together on the basketball floor. Uh, Spending out the Gummy Day sisters out there. So we need to get that get that working, Coach Langley, and Coach Huey. You know, please, so please get that done. Please. Don't be scared. On, on the mid side, let's see the Coog signed the uh, six foot ten Chris Harris. Need to change my correct on my uh, spelling there. I haven't seen with the Cougs. Chris Harris sings with the Cougs after the signs. So I need to <laughs> fix that there. Okay. They also signed Big. Well, got a. He signed. He's going to be a fifth-year senior. He graduated from Long Island University from Brooklyn. Big man Nurazana going to join the Cougs. Six seven two forty. So you got six foot ten. Chris Harris went to Madison High School. Mm. Yeah. He went uh, from the JUCO route, so he secured his route to get to U of H because mm-hmm. he signed with the Cougs out of high school. Had a few academic problems. Got those in order. And he's got. He's back with the U of H. And the Cougs also signed a Duke All-American from San Jack. Six foot three, I think Corey Davis is six foot three, six two. One of my friends told me seeing him play, the young man has range. Oh, yeah. So he steps into the gym. Wow. So uh <laughs> I love it. So we'll see. So it looks like U of H men and U of H women are doing things on the basketball floor, signing some talent. See what they do with it. Cause as I've said in previous podcasts on the men's side especially. Gotta get something done. Three letters ain't gonna get it. NIT, nope, I don't want it. CIT, nope, don't want it. CBI, nope, nope, don't want it. Four letters N C A A or B U S T. Let me say it again N C A A or bust. I do not care about not playing in Hawthorne, be renovated. I don't care about playing at TSU, non conference, playing at Toyota Center. Conference, don't care. You got talent, built the foundation, NCAA or bust. And we know about bust, what I'm saying is, it ain't my money, but Tillman Fertitta, facility's gonna be open yeah. for the 18-19 season. It's not coming off tournament appearance in the big one. Tillman, mm-hmm. I think we'll say, it's time to get a new coaching staff. Staff, yep. not just coach, staff. Yep. It's time we raise the level of expectations for the football program. Same thing for the basketball program on the men's side. Because mm-hmm. alumni don't care about women's basketball. We just care about them. Mm-hmm. Nobody else seems to care about women's basketball. But 
NCAA or bust for Houston Cougars, Kelvin Sampson, and his coaching staff. That's KG of the Houston Round Bar Review saying that. All right. Lastly, oh, I want to give some love to the Rice Owls, too, because the new coach, he signed some players, too, in Najah Hunter. Music. Omar Mance coming home during the coaching staff for the Rice Owls. Oh, Big I coach, did, yeah, yeah. Coach O saw him play, covered him when he played ball at Rice. Yep. Or we getting old, we got guys coming yeah. back coaching on the staff. <laughs> now, now to see Big B come back and coach, that was me for that was it for me. And he man, he man, Britain left, went back, he, yeah. he took a job. So, so the right side to sign Naja Hunter and they need Alex a lot of Spitz. players. So he got holes to fill, but he's he's Scott Perry is uh, he's filling the cupboard. So he's got talent coming in as well. So we got some good things going on in local basketball. And of course, the the flag bearer. Of men's basketball on college level in the city of Houston is Texas Southern University mm. and Mike Davis. Okay, yeah, go. I said that in the U of H alums who questioned that because I think one of those programs that I've named out of Rice, TSU, and U of H has been to the NCAA tournament in the last times. four years. That's true. Right? Okay. A couple of times. Last thing, gentlemen. Patrick Beverly was fined $25,000 What's up with that? for man? confronting a fan. And according to Pat, the fan, this is on the 21st of April, finals announced on the 23rd, the fan said, F you, Pat Beverly, F you, Pat Beverly, as he, as Pat was out of, underneath the basket, out of bounds on the baseline. And it turns out, I believe this fan was the son of one of the minority owners for the OKC Thunder. Mm, it's not good. Yeah, it's not a good look at all. So, <clears throat> as Pat was saying, what would you do if you were in his shoes? Some of my colleagues said, well, I would have clocked the fan and kept on going. That's what I would have done. Because uh, trust me, now, and I, I, I guess I'm, I'm glad trying, he didn't do that. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I feel it. Because I'm going to tell you, at some point, feeling you got a ticket and you privileged, right. you'll get punched out. Right. And I mean you'll get punched out. Now, the person that spoke before the game wouldn't have wouldn't even talk to him. He just walked up on and said, you sure? Yeah. Bam. It'll find him on the floor. Because <laughs> that guy wasn't afraid to go up in the stands. I mean, he actually went up in the stands on somebody. Yeah. Vernon. Mad Max. That's you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the reason he got that word. <laughs> That's how he got that. But as you, as you touch it on, it's a society thing. Yeah. Sports-wise. You know, fans seem to believe they got money, they bought tickets, they... They have a a right to say whatever the hell they want to say to an athlete. And that's wrong. Right. Respect is respect. On the floor, on the field, on the court. Respect the opponents, respect their team. You wouldn't want any fans to talk about your favorite players this way. So why are you doing the same thing to an to an opposing player? It's respect. And I had some folks saying, um, He's the owner's son. He should know better. Why? Because he got money? Like I said. Respect. I don't care what level of status you have in life. Respect. You respect me. I respect you. You don't have to like me, but don't disrespect me. Right. Well said. Very well said. Very well said. Privilege don't guarantee you word of mouth. Certainly don't guarantee you class. Exactly. And with that note, as we all step off our Soapbox. We're going to wrap it up. This was fun, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Charles. Thank you. For sharing your thoughts. You can come. Oh, please do. 
Thank you, you for, come back. for the invite. So please do. You're going to shake your ground for you. Open up now. So, <laughs> hope you enjoyed your time here. Very much so. Very much Wildcat so. Doc. Doc, where's your next trip? Where are you going to be? You're going to be Skyping from the Bahamas? I got somebody trying to get me to go to San Antonio this weekend, but I think I'm going to have to find a way to get that going. But yes, one of the places I'm trying to get back to is the Virgin Islands. Looks like that's probably going to be my Doc, next trip. you're killing me, Doc. You're killing me. First, you went out to Providence and left me here. <laughs> Because it's a good time to go up there right now. Yeah, the weather is the weather's yeah, really that nice. Friday was a little rainy, but the Saturday and Sunday oh, was really nice. When the, when the sun Great is food. You get oh, the yeah. food out of there. Oh, they already yeah. killed me with the food. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I know. I know. I know what, from what Doc speaks. The lobster was nice. I, I can't, that's what I'm saying. was even better. That's, oh, wow. Uh, Rub but, it in, why don't you? <laughs> but now, Doc didn't mention the, 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 the size of the shrimp. Prom. The prom were very good. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's a different world up there on that end. Wildcat, let me, I mean, we're not going to the Virgin Islands like this man here is. <laughs> we're not even going to the Bahamas like this man is. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm going to toss it out there for the podcast listeners. At some point in these next few months, the Wildcat and I are going to make a scouting trip to the site of the 2018 Women's Final Four. And you got to let me know. We're going to Columbus, All right. Ohio. All right. We're going to, I'm putting that. Yeah. On the record. Okay. We're going to make a little scouting trip because I am proud to say, it's safe to say, that all of us will be covering the Women's Final Four. <laughs> we headed in the right direction. We've been approved oh, yeah. of that already because there of our networking and yeah. what we did this when we saw South Carolina cut down the nets. We were already told to see you in Columbus. Yeah. So, no, that's going to take place. Yeah. But we are going to make a trip, <laughs> do a little weekend excursion. Because all the got our colleagues telling us you're going to love Columbus. they got all these things with, within walking distance and this, that, other, this and site just, here and great restaurants here and, and everybody talking and all that. Because okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like KG. When it was announced that Columbus had won out over Houston, I was kind of like, okay. Because he and I had a nice long 30-minute conversation on the phone like, how can that hell, can that happen? I'm saying it just like that. Because I couldn't see and I still can't until I see it before my eyes. Columbus <laughs> being the place to go. So, but a lot of folks say the hotels are nice. Hotels are within walking distance of the arena. the arena and the restaurants. And okay, we're gonna find out. We're gonna see. We're gonna find out. We're gonna give a report to the rest of our NCA colleagues from Ace Town contingent. So we're gonna give you a report and look forward to that. So that's one thing to wrap up with the podcast and. We can talk about the Rockets, Spurs, Rockets, Grizzlies, second round a series when that happens in the next podcast. Once again, Charles, thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. Going to wrap it up. As always, oh, well, let me say this too. <clears throat> you can catch our podcast on, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pod Directory, the KG, Fifth Wildcat and Doc Facebook page. You can check me out at HoustonRombarView.com, HoustonRombarView on YouTube, HoustonRombarView on Instagram. I'm at the HR Review on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the thousands of people who clicked on my Instagram clips from uh, post game and Rocket post game and Rocket practices. Got about 1,500 of one James Harden clip, 2,200 of another James Harden clip. I think the folks love the beard. So clearly, so you gotta do what you gotta do to get get the word out about the, about what I do. So thank you very much. Got new followers on Instagram. Appreciate that. 
wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.